0: It's been a while since we checked in on the State of the Union for your Dynasty Fantasy Football rookie picks. So today... We're going to be breaking down NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah. He puts out a top 50 prospect list every year, and he updates it throughout the offseason. He put out the first edition of it the other day, so we're going to go through and talk about you know, how many wide receivers are in the top 50, how many running backs are in the top 50, where is everybody ranked amongst each other, because DJ is a very plugged-in analyst. He knows what the NFL is thinking, and he is usually a good gauge of potential draft capital for our uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football prospects. So definitely something that is going to be interesting to talk about. I'll also break down some Senior Bowl takeaways at the end of the video. So kind of a smorgasbord of rookie talk in today's vid. But if you enjoy it, leave a like down below, subscribe if you're new around here. And of course, check out flockfantasy.com for way more Dynasty rookie content. The link will be down below for that in the pinned comment. But with that being said, let's hit the intro. All right, so I'm going to go through DJ's top 50 prospects of 2024. We're going to talk about, you know, the positional rankings that he has and some takeaways some omissions from the list as well as some kind of nuggets from the article and i'll link the article down below if you guys want to check it out and then at the end of this video we'll go through the senior bowl winners and losers so uh, again dj is one of the most plugged in analysts that you're ever going to find he does his research he watches the film he's been doing this for like 15 20 years he's also worked in the nfl as a scout so he has a good gauge a on player evaluation and b on what the nfl is thinking because he actually has sources inside the league so one of the most important inputs to us as dynasty players is NFL draft capital because it can make or break an NFL player's value um, in terms of their leash, in terms of their opportunities to succeed. Of course, we want first round quarterbacks. We want first round wide receivers, second or third round running backs. We don't want day three picks and all that kind of stuff. And of course, this will be an interesting topic of discussion, especially once we get closer to the draft. But this is the top 50 that Daniel Jeremiah has. And you guys can see Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Romo Dunze, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors. And Brock Bowers, all of whom are top eight prospects in this draft. And this is important to note because we don't have a Miles Garrett in this class. We don't have a Sauce Gardner in this class. We don't have a ton of elite offensive tackles in this class. So, first thing you could take away from this top 50 is that the best prospects in this draft are fantasy relevant guys, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and in Brock Bowers' case, a tight end. So, that is, you know, takeaway number one from this top 50 is that we have a lot of potential high draft capital players at fantasy relevant positions. And They're not going to like slide all the way down the board. For example, wide receiver one in last year's class, Jackson Smith and Jigba, didn't go off the board until like the early 20s. You know, sometimes we see running back one or wide receiver one in the class go off the board way later in the first round. Wide receiver one in this class is going to go off the board probably in the first three to five picks. And wide receiver three to four are going to be off the board in the top 20 as well. So definitely takeaway number one is how good this wide receiver class is, how good this quarterback class is, three of them in the top five overall prospects as well. You guys can notice as you go down the top 50, we have Brian Thomas Jr. coming in at wide receiver four. I'm a little bit lower on Brian Thomas. I'll talk about that in the interesting nuggets from the article section. Uh, The other quarterbacks as well, interesting to note. Out because if you guys have a bunch of Dynasty first round super flex picks, you want to know, and it's good, if Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, or Michael Penix also go in the first round. Because that increases the value of your pick. If you need a quarterback, that's great. If not, it just pushes better prospects down the board. So that's good to know that he has Bo Nix at 23 as the quarterback four. He has J.J. McCarthy at 27 as the quarterback 5 and Michael Penix at uh, quarterback 6 at 40th overall player and then as expected if you guys know anything about this class Devontez Walker, a Mitchell, Keon Coleman, Troy Franklin, uh Xavier Worthy, Ladd McConkey, Malachi Corley, a couple omissions here. This wide receiver class is very strong. It's going to have a lot of players go off the board between pick you know, 25 and 45 or pick 25 and 60. That's where a lot of those wide receivers are going to go in the NFL draft. And it's going to make up a lot of the area in that late first round, early to mid second round of our dynasty rookie draft. So definitely keep an eye on that. Will, we'll talk about the players individually, some of the strengths and weaknesses that uh, DJ outlines for them. And I'll tell you whether I agree or disagree. And then of course, Jatavian Sanders is the tight end two in this class. Um, coming off the board here at the 41st overall player, pretty big disparity between him and brock bowers but also worth noting that there is two top end tight ends in this class so some notable takeaways from the top 50 is there are no running backs right there's no running backs no jonathan brooks no trey benson no braylon allen whatever running back you think is the best in this class blake quorum there is no running backs in his top 50 so that is a concern if you guys are looking for running back talent you got a late first round pick hoping to just add a running back and be off to the races ready to compete next year It's probably not going to happen. You're probably better off trading for a Josh Jacobs, a Saquon Barkley, of whoever, James Cook, Rashad White. If you're looking for running back talent, you're probably not going to find it, at least late in the first round. Early in the second round of this year's rookie class, we were expecting you know, some better prospects to be in this class. A lot of them went back to school. Some of them had down seasons, and that's not really what's taking place. I would imagine the honeypot for running backs, depending on who gets the draft capital and where they actually go, what teams they go to, it's going to be like the early second round will probably be where RB1 comes off the board, and we'll probably see like four or five running backs go off the board from Trey Benson, Blake Corum. Jonathan Brooks, Braylon Allen, you know, whatever running back you think is good in this class, Audrick Estime and, you know, Jalen Wright, those type of guys will probably find their way. The best draft capital and best landing spot versions coming off the board in the early to mid second round. But none of these guys are in Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. And also, as I mentioned, Jalen Polk, Xavier Leggett, not in this top 50 uh, wide receivers that I believe, in my opinion, are better than Devontae Walker and Malachi Corley, who are in this top 50 as well. So those guys probably would be just outside this range, I would imagine, but they were notable admissions for Daniel Jeremiah so interesting to note um, for the NFL's purposes and then some interesting nuggets that I read through when I was going through this article and talking about the top 50 that I either agree with for DJ or disagree with so I'm going to get kind of micro player takey here is uh, Jaden Daniels Daniel Jeremiah is very high on him right he has him at fifth overall he's his quarterback three in the class Um, Mel Kiper actually has him quarterback two in the class complimenting his ability to throw with touch with anticipation and with accuracy his major knock on Jaden Daniels was taking too many big hits and not protecting himself but mainly when I look at the whole outlook for Jaden Daniels and Daniel Jeremiah's opinion he thinks that 2023 was a year of improvement he got a lot better he's ready to be a pro prospect and He doesn't really account for the fact, and of course, DJ's been doing this way longer than me, but as Dynasty players, we value things differently than like real-life NFL scouts do. We know that uh, Jaden Daniels had five years of experience in college at Arizona and at um, uh, LSU, and we also know that Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas are outstanding wide receiver prospects that definitely help him as a quarterback. Does he completely made by those guys? No, he's definitely adding a lot on his own. But he does have an advantage that not a lot of other quarterbacks have in college. Two first-round receivers, one of which is probably a top-five pick or a top-ten pick in the NFL draft. So with Jaden Daniels, I'm a little bit lower on him. I found that you know when he goes off of his first read, he just runs the ball right away. Of course, he does take way too many big hits. I think he was bad under pressure in college as well. He uh, stared it down instead of keeping his eyes downfield and rolling outside the pocket. But of course, from a fantasy perspective, this guy can just run like nobody's business. I'm just a little bit concerned about the longevity factor of a guy that's not a very good passer, in my opinion, becoming a franchise quarterback. As we've seen with Justin Fields, you can be an electric runner, a very good fantasy quarterback, and not translate to your team wanting to sign you to a massive contract. And, of course, in fantasy, fantasy production matters, but it also matters that you're a starting quarterback for a number of years from a dynasty perspective. And that's the thing I worry about with Jaden Daniels. So me and DJ kind of differ on that. Again, I'm going to go back to the drawing board because he is a lot more qualified than I am to evaluate quarterbacks. He played quarterback in college uh, at Appalachian State. So I'm going to go back to the drawing board and see what he's seeing. But at the same time, I am lower on Jaden Daniels um, from my initial grade on him. Uh, My comparison for him was like a slender, you know, less toolsy version of Anthony Richardson. Except with Richardson, you had a young prospect with one year of experience. Jaden Daniels has a lot of experience. So you figure if he has as many problems as Anthony Richardson had coming out of school and he doesn't, he's a little bit more developed. That just speaks to the fact that he has a lot of red flags on his profile. Um, Romo Dunze, uh, Malik Neighbors, Brock Bowers, Xavier Worthy. He had some interesting comps for these guys that I thought I would share. He compared Odunze to Larry Fitzgerald. Ironically, that's actually my comparison for Mark. Marvin Harrison Jr. He compared Malik Neighbors to DJ Moore, which I think is a very common one. They could end up being teammates. Uh Brock Bowers, he compared to George Kittle, which is one that I've seen very often as well. He compared Marquise Brown and uh, Xavier Worthy together as well, which I thought was interesting. So a lot of interesting comparisons for DJ there. Uh Brian Thomas Jr., as I mentioned already, I'm a little bit lower on him as well. Um DJ thinks he's very fluid at the top of his breaks and he really complemented his production. For me I like I think he's a fluid athlete for his size but I do think he's more so on the vertical route tree angle of receivers where yeah could he become George Pickens could he become DK Metcalf or somebody that's like a big physical receiver that commands a lot of targets and and that kind of thing yes but could he also kind of go the route of a DJ Chark? Like that's kind of my worry with Brian Thomas. His production is good. 17 touchdowns is great. But I mean, he had a Heisman trophy winning quarterback. So that also, you know, when you compare it to a market share production, he wasn't the number one on his team. Malik Neighbors was the number one on his team. So I have more concerns for Brian Thomas, let me just put it that way, than a lot of NFL draft analysts do. Could he become a number one receiver in the NFL? Maybe, but I actually view him more as like a good number two receiver in the NFL. And that's gonna make him a good fit if he goes to the right landing spot. But I'm a little bit more concerned than other people on Brian Thomas. And of course, I'll detail that when we break down prospect profiles coming closer to the combine or maybe after the combine, we'll do individual like tail the tapes and prospect profiles on those guys. And then the quarterback position I want to talk about outside of the top three guys as well. Bo Nix, JJ McCarthy and Michael Penix, the the nuggets that he wrote in their articles, the one that stood out to me the most was he actually compared Bo Nix to Jalen Hurts, but not from a play style standpoint because they don't really play the same. But his combination of competitiveness, intelligence, and experience reminds me a lot of Jalen Hurts coming out of college. That's a direct quote from the article. And what that leads me to believe is that that's what he's hearing from the league as well as what he's hearing from any kind of coaches that he knows that have connections to Bo Nix. So if he has the makeup to be a franchise quarterback above the shoulders, that's what made Josh Allen able to develop at the next level. That's what made Jalen Hurts able to develop at the next level. So that's a big time green flag on Bo Nix's uh, resume. And it's also worth noting that Daniel Jeremiah kind of missed on Jalen Hurts too. He thought he was a good prospect and he loved the the above the shoulder stuff about him, but he thought he had a lot more accuracy concerns and things like that. And it led him to be lower on Jalen Hurts. And this could be Daniel Jeremiah's way of correcting that mistake. He's like, I see this profile again. I'm not going to be wrong on it this time. So for me, Bo Nix is actually my quarterback three. I believe he's a better prospect than Jaden Daniels from a fantasy perspective there's definitely arguments to be made there but um interesting that he's as high on Bo Nix as I am because I also did not expect to like Bo Nix and I did when I actually ended up grading him uh JJ McCarthy he comps to Alex Smith which is kind of game managery it's hilarious that that's who his comp was and then Penix he's very worried about his durability concerns which again DJ has connections in the league if he's worried about the durability concerns that's a major problem for Michael Penix's potential draft capital and then, as you would expect, the last thing I want to touch on here is the cluster of wide receivers, right? Adanae Mitchell, Keon Coleman, Xavier Worthy, Troy Franklin, Lad McConkey, and Malachi Corley. Those were the guys that filled out that, like, second-round area of the top 50 prospects. He kind of each guy has their merits, right? Each guy has a lot of good things going for them, but each guy had like a major red flag or a major concern with Adonai Mitchell. He said it was like yards after catchability and effort. I definitely saw that on film as well. Keon Coleman, he said he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he was complimentary of his underrated nuance. Of course, as fantasy players, we know that speed isn't really necessarily the best thing in the world, but Keon Coleman does have trouble separating, which is kind of due to speed as well. So that's interesting that he also saw that uh, Troy Franklin uh, ball tracking and drops. I also saw that from Troy Franklin on film, but everything else he's very good at. Uh Xavier Worthy, he was very complimentary of his route running ability, which you never hear about Xavier Worthy, right? You always hear speed, you always hear big plays. I think he has the underrated ability to become the next Jalen Waddle. That's who my comp for Xavier Worthy is because he has 4-2 speed in a straight line, and also quick twitch, you know, movement ability that Jalen Waddle has, and of course, to a higher degree, Tyree Kill has. So I like that DJ and I are in lockstep on Xavier Worthy being underrated and the fact that, yeah, he has, you know, bad hands at times and he also is a slender guy, but he has the ability to develop into a potential number one wide receiver, which I really like that DJ is on board with. Lad McConkey he's like, he loved his route running and I love his route running too, but his physicality and his size, a little bit of a concern there, but speed, route running and hands, all check marks for Lad McConkie. I'm a little bit lower on Malachi Corley. I didn't really think that he had the ability to develop into the next Debo Samuel like some people are thinking he can because he is great after the catch. He has pretty good hands and he's uh, physical and explosive and tough. But the problem I have with Malachi Corley is he literally just got like checkdowns the whole college career. He hasn't really run a route tree at all. DJ seems to think he can develop one, but I'm a little bit concerned for every Debo Samuel there is there's five LaVisca Chennault's and Rondell Moore's and David Bell's guys that were force fed targets at the line of scrimmage weren't forced to run a diverse route tree so Malachi Corley is a guy that I'm a little bit scared of and I prefer Xavier Leggett and Jalen Polk to Malachi Corley but definitely interesting that's what he thinks of Malachi Corley he thinks he can develop a defined route tree so I might have to go back to the drawing board on Corley a little bit because I think he's more of like a you know late third round, early day three type of prospect. And DJ has him inside his top 50. So that was my concern with Corley. And then uh, moving on to the Senior Bowl real quick, I'm just going to kind of recap some of the bigger risers and fallers. I wasn't at the Senior Bowl, so I don't really know 100% what went down there. But from the articles I've read, from uh, DJ's opinion, from watching the Senior Bowl game, it looks like, The quarterback position had some mixed results. People were expecting Penix, Bo Nix, and Rattler to absolutely light it up at the Senior Bowl. Penix apparently looked really good in practice. Bo Nix started off um, a little bit weaker, but then got better as the week went along. And then Spencer Rattler was actually the MVP of the game. And it sounds like he practiced well as well. Each of these guys kind of had up and down weeks. Bo Nix, uh, his ability to pick up an offense came up in conversation that I heard because he's been with like four different offensive coordinators and five years of college experience. Michael Penix didn't play in the game i don't know if that was for medical concerns but that's definitely not good if that's the reason he didn't play and then like i said i would say the biggest winner from the quarterback position was probably spencer rattler he sounded like he was the most consistent the most um uh thought of and the most uh on the rise after the senior bowl and again The quarterback position specifically is very reliant on draft capital. So if people have great senior bowl weeks, that impacts their ability to go high in the NFL draft, which is what we care about. The senior bowl in general is largely overrated. I don't really care that much who looked good and who looked bad. It's more about when they look good, it means they might go higher in the draft. When they look bad, it means they might go lower in the draft. So that's something to keep in mind with the senior bowl. It's mainly draft capital that we care about. Um, coming from the Senior Bowl, but um, those that was kind of the quarterback position. The running back position sounded pretty disappointing. It, I didn't hear any... Like, look up an article, winners and losers from the Senior Bowl. Tell me if you see a single running back in any of the articles. It sounds like it's a largely forgettable position group there. Marshawn Lloyd, Ray Davis were names that people were keeping an eye on coming into the week. Doesn't sound like they did all that much to impress anybody. Uh, Rashina Lee from uh, Marshall and Amani Bailey from TCU had decent weeks, but that was pretty much it. Uh, they, hopefully... The underclassmen at the running back position can show something at the combine because um, not really anything has happened at the Senior Bowl with the running back position. So hopefully Jonathan Brooks and um, Blake Corum and all those guys can do something at the combine for that position group. Uh, the wide receiver position is the one that probably has the most takeaways from Senior Bowl week because we actually did have some highly decorated prospects there, from Tez Walker to Xavier Leggett, Malachi Corley, Lad McConkey, Roman Wilson. A lot of these guys had mixed results. The losers of this group. It sounds like we're Tez Walker because drops, drops and more drops. I mean, dropped like three passes in the game, let alone in practice. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who, like I said, in his top 50 had Ted uh, has Tez Walker as his wide receiver five. He's like my wide receiver 13. I don't think he's all that good, even more so than Brian Thomas. I think he's a lot more along the lines of a DJ Chark or a guy. That's a field stretcher who can work on vertical routes, but not much else. But apparently DJ thinks he has the ability to become a first rounder, but he did say during the game that you know he was disappointing during practices and he's probably not going to be a first rounder now because of what he's done in practices but of course if he goes out and runs like a 4-2 at the combine I'm sure people are going to get excited again. Tez Walker not a guy that I'm overly interested in. I was really disappointed with his film. Drake May made him look a lot better than he actually is in my opinion so Tez Walker a guy that was a big loser from the Senior Bowl uh, Fantasy Twitter freaked out about Xavier Leggett's size um, because he was listed 6'3", 227 and he actually came in just under uh, 218 pounds but that's still a very good size profile for a wide receiver almost the exact dimensions of AJ Brown who's been a very good fantasy wide receiver Xavier Leggett sounds like he struggled a little bit at the senior bowl but did pick things up as the week went along so interesting kind of like a neutral situation for him I think once we get to the combine we'll see uh, him go back on the rise again because I'm sure he's going to run fast and jump high and look good in drills and that kind of thing so Leggett a guy maybe on the fall right now in terms of his overall draft capital, um, the big winners from the senior bowl at the wide receiver position, it sounds like Ladd McConkey lit people up in one-on-ones and doesn't shock me. He's an outstanding route runner and a good athlete. Roman Wilson also lit people up in drills and practice and one-on-ones in the game, whatever. He sounds like he had the best week of any wide receiver there. He's probably going to be on the rise. And when you think of these two guys, Ladd McConkey, Roman Wilson, Big schools, national champions, that's going to insulate their draft capital a little bit. So if you're worried about these guys sliding in the draft because of their size or whatever, I would say they're probably going to go high simply due to the fact that they're good athletes and they had good production when they were on the field and they played for national champion winning schools. Uh, NFL teams care about that. They played in big time games and uh, Ladd McConkey and Roman Wilson definitely on the rise. And also McConkey just being healthy is also a big deal because he dealt with injuries throughout his career. Um, and then a couple other guys that flash Malachi Corley, like I said, apparently he looked good in drills. Javon Baker uh, apparently looked decent, and Jamari Thrash from Louisville looked decent um, as well. So those were the major takeaways from the Senior Bowl. Tight end class kind of sucks. Um, it sounds like outside of Brock Bowers and JT Sanders, I could care less until the combine, uh, until the draft actually happens because you know until we know who's a good athlete, who's going high in the NFL draft, and where they're actually going— other than Brock Bowers and JT Sanders, I would be shocked if in a three-round rookie draft, we see any other tight ends go off the board outside of some guy emerging here after the combine closer to the NFL draft. Theo Johnson from Penn State, it sounds like had the best week of anybody at the Senior Bowl, but overall a pretty lackluster class to say the least. So if you enjoyed this video, leave a like down below. Subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. This was kind of unorganized, a little bit of a massive rookie talk, but if you enjoyed it, like I said, please be sure to let me know in the comments down below. Uh, check out Flock Fantasy, If you have any other Dynasty rookie content needs, you will find it over there. Superflex rankings, one quarterback rankings, including rookies, by the way, as well as our rookie rankings themselves. They are all live on the site. Our Dynasty trade calculator has rookie picks in it. You can customize it to your league settings. It is the best trade calculator you will ever use. You can get my opinion specifically when you're using the trade calculator. If you go to the expert field, you can uh, do the trade calculator based on our expert rankings, which is me, Mason, Danny, Zach, Badake, all the guys that's contents on the site you can go to our community rankings, which is crowdsourced information, or you can get my opinion specifically. And of course, when you sign up on Flock Fantasy using the promo code FSE, you'll get seven days for free. You'll get six months for free if you sign up annually. You'll get 30% off of any of the packages. You'll get a free Zoom consultation with myself or with Danny If you sign up annually as well. And additionally, our draft guide is coming out 11 days from now. So if you're interested in all these dynasty rookie takes that I have here are my write ups, my player cards, everything, Danny's opinions on these guys will be available in our dynasty rookie draft guide. Our first edition is coming out February 15th. That'll have about 25, 30 players in there to help you get ready for dynasty rookie drafts. We'll continuously update it as the off season goes along, add more players, add combine information, all that good stuff. So if that interests you, check it out down below in the pinned comment, flockfantasy.com slash FSE, as well as in the description of this video. So with that being said, peace out, and we'll talk to you soon.